Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Teresa Bradley-Banta. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Joe. Good to have you on the show, and um, we were talking earlier about a Mexico development deal, and that's something that you totally have to talk about a little bit later. Um, that's, pre that's pretty interesting. First time I've had uh, an international development deal um, that someone's investing in, so excited to talk about that. A little bit more about Teresa's background. She is the founder and CEO of Teresa Bradley Banta Real Estate Consultancy. Uh, you can probably guess where she got that name from. <laughs> uh, she has flipped <laughs> properties from 50000 to $2.5 million all across the nation. She's the author of Invest in Apartment Buildings, Profit Without the Pitfalls. She's a 2012 winner of... Stevie Award for Entrepreneur of the Year, and her company has won 11 American and International Real Estate Awards. So with that being said, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background on your experience and what you're focused on now? Um, absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it and uh, the opportunity to talk to you and the best ever listeners. Uh, so it's really an honor to be here. I appreciate the invite. So my background has been primarily in um, as a renovator and flipper of residential real estate. We, uh, my husband and I, went to a wealth building seminar with national um, participants, and I, I came across many real estate investors. And my first investments were on a very passive scale in Ohio and New York, um, where investment groups identified the properties purchased them with my funds, and then they pretty much did all the work, the renovations, the management, and uh, so I was strictly a passive investor, but it, you know, it shed some light on a few things like the difficulties of investing out of state 
And as a passive investor, I didn't have a lot of say in what was happening. So it's one thing that really led me to want to invest in my own backyard, which I just think was a critical learning. I know you've done properties outside of your area, and so I think yep. you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's it's crazy to think, okay, well, that's not crazy. It's uh, a different mentality that I typically come across. How about I say that? Um, to think uh, that not only is it uh, investing for this Mexico thing um, outside of your area, but it's outside of the country. I mean, that's incredibly different from what I typically come across. Uh, and I imagine there was some pushback from investors that you're, uh, you know, the deal's not in the United States. So can you talk a little bit about the Mexico development deal and how that came about and the challenges you're coming across and what exactly is it? Well, um, it's a residential development um, and outside of uh, a resort area. Um, and what's interesting is most of the investors in those are either from the States or from Canada. And that cooled off a little bit with the pushback from, you know, a fear of traveling to Mexico. Um, but we're, we're starting to refocus, refocus on it. And essentially it's just uh, developing the land into lots for building residential residences, either as vacation homes or second homes. Uh, but it's been interesting because, you know, the ownership in Mexico is different. And as you said, the international challenges, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, education, the education piece on what, what's allowed, what's not allowed, that type of thing. I was able to be in on the ground floor and um, help with the, well, actually, I led the advisory group that oversaw the covenants and um, con um, restrictions, the CCNRs for the development, which will ultimately be the HOA. Um, so the whole the whole thing, what what type of construction will we allow? Just all the things that an HOA would do, um, and up to the, that point, HOAs have mostly just been kind of a pain on other rental properties because they're the ones that come around and say you must put a new roof on or you know plant that new tree, that type of thing. So being on the other side was really illuminating. How did you come across that deal? We, uh, you know, I mentioned the internet or the uh, wealth building group that I was involved in with my husband, and we trapped one of the um, one of the participants owned. He had built a home in Mexico and was uh, lived there half the year. So, and then another woman from that group also knew some uh, people on the ground doing real estate in in that area. So, one of the uh, annual meetings was held in Mexico, and so we, you know, sixty entrepreneurs descended down into Mexico and we ended up having this conversation around margaritas about what if we did a development down here and because we had so many you know good people in place already that knew the Mexico laws had already built real estate in Mexico and had that experience of living in both the states and down in Mexico. Teresa what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say it is don't invest on unfounded optimism and emotions. And I can give you many examples. Um, for example, buying a house with two bedrooms as a rental property only to discover later that the four bedrooms are the properties in demand. 
Um, and what people will do is they want to believe that, let's you know, you find a great deal, the numbers are great, you really want to close on the property, yet you erroneously believe that your property is in demand, as in the two versus the four bedroom. Does that make sense? Yep. So the, the optimism of, well, I'm hearing people say, don't do this, the market's not right, it hasn't changed. Um, but, you know, the numbers pencil out and an investor will just say, well, you know, I'm optimistic things will change. I'm optimistic it will be better. And I think that's a, a huge mistake. Um, and the same thing as investing on emotions, falling in love with the property and overlooking, you know, if people are challenging your assumptions and you choose not to believe those challenges because you're optimistic, it's just a recipe for failure in my opinion. Have you come across a specific example where that's the case? Um, I was looking at a, a building on the East Coast uh, with a, a client, and it was the coolest building, Joe. It was an old school house converted to apartment units, and it just had the cool factor in spades. Great staircases, great foyer, really interesting units. And, um, you know, the numbers look pretty solid. The people in the area... Uh, insisted that the school nearby would provide plenty of students as rental, you know, as prospective tenants for the building. It was currently occupied by, um, you know, a pretty lower demographic, you know, just not, not your target um, renter, a lot of collection issues and late pays and that type of thing. And um, he, uh, my client was enthusiastic about making an offer on the property until we said, let's, and I heard one of your shows recently where it was your 50th anniversary show, by the way, thank you, or congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Um, but you were talking about getting the police reports on property. So we decided let's talk to the local police. Uh, you know, up to this point, the optimism was just tremendous around this property and the enthusiasm was great. Um, but the local police said what's the tenants in that property currently are likely to never change, not in the next five or 10 years. And it just made it an impossible deal to do, you know, yet uh, it's easy to just say, Oh, but this is so cool. I can just picture the right tenants in there. But if you only go on that optimistic assumption and then you're the owner and find that you're still renting to the, you know, you've never, you're never going to change that market and your tenants are always going to be the tenants that were there when you close on the deal. And then, you know, then you have some serious issues. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I've, it's, it's all about the market and where you invest and, um, and then, you know, you can only reposition a property so much. I was on a call with, um, a gentleman uh, who actually invests in revitalization areas, and he takes an active role in helping that market turn around. And I'd never really heard of anybody um, try to force the market to turn around through, you know, petitioning for an extra dumpster and. Um, planting flowers and mowing the common area grass in the city, and um, I think that is a heck of a ambitious approach. But sometimes, you know, it's larger than you and larger than your your one property. And he mentioned that if you invest in a revitalization area, then it's by definition. Uh, been identified as a revitalization area for that city, um, so it's a lot easier because there's 
uh, tax dollars going towards it. Um, but if you find the property like you just mentioned and it hasn't been identified as that type of area, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Yep, that's right. I love what he's doing, though. It uh, ties in nicely with my global initiative, which is um, for absentee investors in real estate to actually have a positive impact on their communities and get involved um, on that level with the communities, such as the identified revitalization areas. So I love what he's doing. I think that's fantastic. You know, there's so many things out there. Um, we did a small multifamily, and we were able to apply and obtain a HUD grant for lead abatement. And essentially, what it ended up being is a great deal of paperwork, but when all was said and done, we had all new windows in the entire property. Um, and then the requirement was to rent, make those units available to lower income residents. But, you know, communities have a lot of hidden things out there that will support investors. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. Best ever book you've read? That is such a tough one. Um, I have read so many books. Um, if we're going to speak real estate, um, I, all I can say is read as many books as you can get because it really will help you nail down your philosophy. Uh, to name one author, I love Steve Burgess, who writes on investing in apartment buildings. Uh, he's got some really great books. Yeah, that's one of my favorite apartment building books. It's uh, The Good. Complete Guide to Buying and Selling Apartment Buildings, right? That one? That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's yep. a great That was one. one of the first ones I read when I decided to look at larger multifamilies. It's very good. Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it? When I first worked with partners in doing a, a larger real estate deal, it was an amazing experience in learning how to treat partners equitably deal with them, give them what they needed, and um, it, it was just an incredible personal growth experience. Working with partners is not doing a deal on your own, and you know to have happy partners at the end is just so rewarding. What's your takeaway from that? Uh, biggest takeaway is it, there's a, it's tough to walk a line between you know giving a great deal of communication that's the biggest takeaway is always communicate you cannot over communicate with partners um, but the fine line is limiting their involvement in the real, in the in the investment if they don't bring uh, real estate expertise to the table so keeping them in the loop yet um, making sure that you know the decisions on the investment are made by the people that have the experience best ever success habit you practice Ooh, that's an interesting one. I would um, have to say don't be in a hurry. And it's so true with um, real estate investing. And again, it's like when we were talking about buying on emotions and unfounded optimism, that it, that's definitely going to happen if you're in a hurry. It, it, real estate takes such a great long-term plan, and you have to learn what niche you're going to work in, get education, read the books we've talked about and that you talk about on your show. You know, a lot of um, preparation um, if you're in a hurry, with anything, you make a mistake. Best ever deal you've done? I would say after being a passive investor with some of those first investments where I had little say in what actually happened with the properties, my best deal was when I did my first flip solo here in my own backyard, I, you know, obtained the financing, put the team together, did the renovations, sold it successfully, and um, – and really 
developed a passion for real estate that I hadn't previously had in that I, it was such a hands-on experience. It was here. I could physically be at the property. And when we finally sold that successfully, um, I have to say that was my best deal. It gave me so much confidence to move forward. What were the numbers behind it? Um, that was a little property, probably around 200000 I think we bought it. Uh, for 150, put about 25 in, and I think we sold it for 210. I'm going to have to pull that out, but it's just a little brick bungalow in a very highly sought-after um, submarket in the Denver area called Wash Park. For anybody that knows the area, just small brick, single-family property, just needed cosmetics. It wasn't a, you know, you can either do a cosmetic rehab, a structural rehab, or a gut rehab. There's three vastly different types of rehab, in, in my opinion. And this was mostly just a cosmetic rehab. We were in and out quickly without spending a great deal of money or time. Best ever quote. Best ever quote. Um, I would say luck, and I don't remember who says this, um, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. I'm not a big one for waiting around for opportunity to knock. And uh, I think um, Education and preparation and knowledge, you know, you're talking about studying your markets being a key element to success in real estate. All of that is necessary um, so that when opportunity knocks, you're there and you're, you're ready to, to act on it. I don't think so many people say, well, she just got lucky with, you know, finding that deal. Um, but, you know, the other side of that is I was fully prepared to take advantage of any opportunity, you know, and really see it to a successful finish. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? For me, it was when I was investing out of state. I know I've already talked about this, but um, it's very, and this is why I think so many absentee landlords struggle. You lose your desire, you lose your interest in the property, the, the newness wears off, and then you just have tenant issues or, you know, renovation or deferred maintenance issues. And when it's not there where you are, it's easy to start to ignore a property, and that's the worst thing you can do. And, you know, you can even have a good team, but it's not their property. They don't care for your investments like you care for your investments. And um, for me, it was very challenging to do that, and it was just a miserable experience. That was out-of-state investing. Now you're yeah. out of the country investing, so how do we <laughs> reconcile well, that? <laughs> This is what I decided ultimately. If you're going to do that, do so in an area that you would gladly visit. Um, you know, I golf, so I would invest in a in an area, you know, say Phoenix, for example. It's kind of a hot market right now, but knowing that I could make it a business trip and then and combine it with some pleasure while I'm down there, you know, dealing with my property. But to invest in an area that you just don't want to visit and have no interest in, um, I think, you know, for me personally, that was a big mistake. Um, for Mexico, we love the opportunity to go down there. From Denver, it's a two-hour flight, so it's not a hardship. It's not expensive. Um, you know, so there's, the obstacles aren't there as they would be if you just simply have no desire to travel to a certain location. What's the best ever place to reach you? Through my website, which is TeresaBradleyBanta.com. And I've got a whole bunch of information there. I, you know, I would encourage people to visit both new investors and experienced investors uh, interested in multifamily.
Well, Teresa, thank you so much for joining us and speaking to me and the best ever listeners. And, you know, your experience is, is amazing from, you know, the 50K to 2.5 million flips to development deals in Mexico and, um, you know, everything in between. So thank you for sharing uh, your advice and your time with us. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. It was really a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe. 